Over to the UN's climate change summit in Egypt, COP27, the Pacific's call for urgent action is becoming louder with the second week of negotiations underway. RNZ Pacific spoke to the Commonwealth Secretary-General, Patricia Scotland, who warns that the cost of inaction is simply too high for developed nations to continue to plead ignorance. Most Scotland calls on countries to make real commitments as the Pacific and small island states cannot bear the brunt of this existential threat any longer. RNZ Pacific reporter Rachel Nath interviewed Miss Scotland and began by asking her what victories were the Pacific seeing in negotiation rooms at the climate talks so far. Well, the most important thing, I suppose, is for the first time ever, loss and damage is actually on the agenda. And we're really pleased to see countries like New Zealand stepping up and making commitments on loss and damage. But everybody would like to see a clear framework on which this loss and damage is going to be responded to. Now, currently, the COP27 negotiations, as I know you're aware, are challenging, particularly on the issue of finance generally. But we are hopeful that the cost of inaction is basically just too high. The annual economic losses due to the disasters in the Pacific small island developing states amounts to about 1.075 billion U.S. dollars or nearly 5% of the combined GDP for the Pacific since. And with climate-related disasters killing on average 115 people per day in the world and causing $202 million in losses every day, this is just not a sustainable situation. And you know what's happened in the Pacific. You know, Vanuatu had cyclones, Pam in 2015 and Harold in 2020. Tonga had Cyclone Winston in 2016, Gita in 2018 and Harold in 2020. So this constant battering is something that people just can't bear anymore. And they know that this existential threat that they face is absolutely real, with millions losing their lives and livelihoods from the impact of climate change. But you know, what's been brilliant is the people from the Pacific are fighting, and we must too. Given Commonwealth is made up of small states and almost half are, how is Commonwealth dealing with the issue of climate finance and loss and damage? Well, firstly, you'll be aware that at the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in Kigali, The heads made a commitment. They put loss and damage on the agenda. If you look at paragraph 53 of our communique, and they said very clearly that this was something that has to be faced. You'll know that we're urging countries to come together to close the gaps in negotiations and deliver inclusive, just and equitable outcomes. And one of those equitable outcomes must be on mobilizing the 100 billion annually to support climate action in developing countries. Now, you'll be aware that that 100 billion has been on the table as an aspirational target since 2009. And here we are, 2022, and we still haven't delivered on that annually. But we know that this is just a drop in the ocean, because to deliver on the Paris Agreement, 
we need four trillion dollars each year. And to date, global climate finance flows only amounts to about 630 billion annually. That's only one sixth of what is required. So we really need more. And we have in the Commonwealth got a fantastic tool because finance is now being made accessible by the Commonwealth Climate Finance Access Hub, which has supported capacity constrained small and vulnerable countries of the Commonwealth to secure at least 56 million dollars in climate finance. And we have about 850 million dollars in the pipeline. And in the Pacific, we have advisors deployed in Tonga, Fiji, the Solomon Islands and Vanuatu, um, who have mobilized around five million of for climate action in the region. And we're hoping if we get a bit more money that we will be able to place climate finance advisors in each of the countries who are asking for them. And we also have uh, doing an opportunity to place a climate finance advisor for the region in the PIF. And this will help, we hope, to deliver on the finance that our small and developing and other states really need if they're going to meet the adaptation and mitigation uh, expectations of their countries. But also, we've got to look at the real loss, which is being occasioned by these climate disasters. All the issues that are existing and that has been part of negotiations all of last week and going to be part of negotiations this week, do you think that that is shaping up to feature in preparation for the Commonwealth heads of uh, government meeting in next year in Samoa? These these issues are pivotally important and we're really proud that the Commonwealth heads of government meeting is going to come from Africa and go to the Pacific. Um, You know, one of the things that's heartbreaking is the Pacific are the big blue ocean states. And the importance of the ocean is extraordinary in the Pacific. Yet look at the ocean funding. It's not reflected in the funding. The SDG 14, which is on the ocean, is the least funded of the SDGs. That's less than 1% of all development finance and philanthropic funding for the SDGs goes towards ocean projects. And less than 2% of official development assistance, that's ODA, supports the ocean economy. So what we're hoping is at COP27, um, the Commonwealth will be really able to push that ocean agenda. And we're helping. One of the things we've just announced is uh, it's the first call for proposals under the newly established Commonwealth Blue Charter Project Incubator. Now, this is really going to be an opportunity to give a new technical support for governments to support projects that promote ocean protection and development whilst tracking and tackling uh, climate change. And this includes small grants worth between £5,000 sterling and £50,000 sterling, targeting a range of activities. And I'd really encourage all our member countries to apply for this uh, incubator. There's a lot for us to do in preparing for um, Chogham in 
2024. We're so honoured and delighted that Samoa will be hosting the next biannual meeting. And it will be the first time a Pacific small island nation will have had this important meeting on their shores. And I think it's really an opportunity to bring the concerns of small states to the forefront, including climate change and biodiversity. So it'll be a fantastic moment for the rest of the Commonwealth to get a little bit of that Pacific magic.